Here's Paul. Dallas has fouled the gift. Booker on a three. He got it. Devin Booker gives Phoenix a one-point lead with five from long range. Durant's got 11. Crank goes down. Durant has got a highlight. Tatum drives down and throws it down. Wow. Welcome back, everybody, to the Sports Bits Podcast. Today, we have a very short episode because we don't have anything to talk about, really. Um, All-Star Weekend, this weekend, we're recording this on Friday. Um, But, yeah, not a whole lot of news. We discussed trade deadline last week. Um, And, yeah, we're kind of in a bit of a mid-season lull right now. Not a whole lot to talk about. There's no games on tonight except for the Rising Stars game. Um, So, yeah, we're a little tight on content right now, but we're going to talk about end of season awards and where teams and people stack up right now um, at about halfway point. So um, I guess we'll just jump right into it. Um, um, can, we, can I make a comment before? Um, yes, he wants to make a comment. Yeah, I want to make a comment. Uh, I am really sad the Celtics couldn't get a 10-win 10, 10 streak. Uh, we lost to the Detroit Pistons of all team, teams. Um, Not only did they lose to the Detroit Pistons, but also down one point. Jalen Brown gets double blocked by Isaiah Stewart yep. and Kate Cunningham. Yep, and then Jason Tatum misses a twenty foot jump jumper. Yeah, just sucks so. for you because my team's at three ten game winning streaks. Yeah, um, it must be nice having Devin Booker and Monty Williams, DeAndre Ayton, and Chris Paul. Anyway, here that's all I wanted to say. Um, just for my Celtics sake, if you want to make any comments about the Nets, um, you're welcome to. Um, no, uh, all I can say is cry about it, um, and we'll see you in the playoffs. Maybe uh, if you're lucky. I mean, I'm fifth right now, so I'm. I'm pretty much almost almost at home. home yeah, and finish. funny enough, Nets are actually eighth, so we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Anyways, so we don't have to talk about that right now because I didn't remember making this about me. Yeah. Um. So we're gonna talk about MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Most Improved Player, Rookie of the Year, Sixth Man of the Year, Coach of the Year, uh, and also two fake awards that uh, I decided to create. Um, least most valuable player, which is basically going to be the best player um, on a crappy team. on a crappy team. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then uh, we also have worst team of the year, which is more. I guess I should have called it worst organization because yeah. we kind of went for a holistic standpoint. We're talking about yep. coaching, front office, everything. So I guess we'll change that to uh, we'll change that to worst organization of the year. But um, I guess we'll just take it probably one award at a time, and then we'll just debate between yeah. us. Um, so right now we're starting off with MVP, uh, probably the most contentious one right now. I think. Um, so I have Joel Embiid. Yeah, I can hold it in the front about, so we can all yeah. talk, and then I, I actually have Steph Curry, and I have Jokic. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think all are pretty up there for you know contenders for the MVP. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's preface with that. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, you can start because I think you have you have the front runner for the for the MVP award um, currently. Yeah, so I picked Embiid um, numbers wise. I mean, he's up there for sure, right? He's pretty much up there with. Um, everyone who's doing it this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Giannis, they have very similar numbers. Um, but the reason why I gave Embiid the edge over Jokic and Giannis and other people who are also in the race is because the Sixers are winning, and they're winning, like, a lot. Uh, <laughs> and they're pretty scared. I mean, they're third in the East right now, but once James Harden gets there uh, and actually starts playing, uh, he's going to be uh, pretty deadly with Embiid, and I think Embiid's only going to get better because of it. Um, so yeah, I had Embiid as my MVP. That's really. 
Yeah, and um, I mean, mainly I had uh, Curry just because, I'll be honest, I looked at, I was thinking about putting Giannis, but then I looked at his numbers and I looked, Ooh. I know these Ooh. Giannis haters, um, I'm pretty neutral about Giannis, but he, personally, I think he has not stepped up the way he should be every year to make him essentially like a, the number one player in the league, so he obviously doesn't get MVP. I have Steph Curry just because we saw him in the beginning of the year be absolutely dominant and amazing and actually lead the Warriors to the first to the one seed at a time until the Suns took it because they are overall, I think, a well more well-balanced team. But I think with the return of Clay and I guess Steph, you know, still keeping the same production as he did without Clay, and they still have Jordan Poole and everybody, I think that shows that he's still a MVP ca- uh, candidate because he's still able to perform at that same level that he was in the beginning of the year with all these pieces coming back. And also it means that their team's going to win more and proves that, you know, the winning plus the stats show that he can be an MVP candidate. Mm-hmm. I, uh, for me at least, you know, in terms of Jokic, obviously the Nuggets aren't doing, like, super hot right now. Uh, Reed, could you actually fact-check me on what their standing is? They are fifth. Yeah. Off the top of my head, I they're believe. six now. Six. six. There you go. Okay, so they're sixth right now. They're not doing like fantastic. They're still in the playoff race though. They're still an apparent team, um, and still has a lot of potential. Um, on top of that, you know, Jokic is a absolutely monster of a player, and I would say that I would personally say I would make the argument that Jokic is one of the most desired players to play with in the mm-hmm. league right now. But That's obviously one of the best passers. Yeah. Not only passing yep. big men, just passer period. Exactly. So, and I think that that gives him an edge up over the these uh, other two candidates with Joel Joel Embiid and uh, mm-hmm. and Steph Curry. I think that he just has the tenacity to be able to um, bring this team up. I mean, the mm-hmm. fact that he has basically been carrying this team on his back and they're still the sixth mm-hmm. seed shows especially a lot. Especially without Jamal Murray. Especially without Jamal mm-hmm. Murray, it shows a lot. So I think that. Um, he could easily go back to back for MVPs this season. Yeah, I think that's kind of shows like the two schools of thought that you can go through right. when it comes to MVP. Because I picked Embiid over Jokic because Jokic is the more well balanced player. I right. think there's no debate about that. But um, I picked Embiid over him. I gave him the edge because his team is doing better, mm-hmm. and I think his team's doing better because of him. Um, and you're absolutely right, though. Jokic is totally carrying this Nuggets team right now, but um, I had to give it to the three seed over the six seed. For sure. Yeah, I can I can agree with that. And also that's why I picked Curry, because he's still maintaining that, that two seed in the West. Um, can I actually do, deviate for like a little like take I saw on um, on Twitter? Sure. It's about actually Joker, because we're talking about MVP, and if he wins this, it'll also put him in the contention of potentially surpassing Dirk as one of the best offensive big men in the mm-hmm. league. And do we want to like? Do you guys have like quicks like take on that? Because that's we were talking about MVP. We are talking about Joker, and overall, like people people were comparing that. Like you know, like their three point shooting, their overall mm-hmm. passing. I think and Jokic, their spacing. Jokic so. is going to need a Finals MVP, I think, to really put him in that conversation above Dirk. Mm-hmm. I, I think that it's a tough situation because you know all, both both guys were are were and are uh, dominant at their at their position and they they made a large impact on the court that affected everybody around them including mm-hmm. the opposing team um, so I think that it's they're very similar to uh, to compare which is why I'm glad that they're actually made like an accurate um, uh, comparison with that because like both guys are kind of similar in the way that they play just jokers a better passer and um, you know, Dirk was a little bit better of a scorer. Um, in in terms of Jokic over Dirk, I wouldn't say yet, 
But if he gets another MVP and he's at least close to getting a championship, it would definitely be up in conversation. Anyway, that was a little side thing. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't have to say much for Curry. And I think that, again, MVP is up to, still up for debates. We still have 22, uh, 22 more games, so the season's mm-hmm. over. So, honestly, I got Curry. Uh, let's move on to Defensive Player of the Year, which is what we have next. I have another uh, Golden State Warrior player. Draymond Green is my... Uh, defensive player of the year, and also he's the front runner currently for defensive player of the year according to Vegas odds. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I couldn't give it to Draymond. I think Draymond embodies what I think a defensive player should be in terms of like how they've given it to Rudy Gobert the past couple years, um, and Rudy Gobert really only blocks shots. He's a good, great rim protector for sure, but that's pretty much all he does in my opinion. Um, whereas when they gave it to Giannis, I liked when they gave it to Giannis because Giannis can guard any position pretty much. Um, you know, he'll lock down just about anybody. So I like when they gave it to him, but I went with Giannis again this year. I don't know why I didn't just start off with that. But um, so I, I, I went with Giannis because um, of everything I just said. And yeah. I feel like you can't really give it to some guy who's really good at one thing on the defensive end, especially when... That one thing gets exposed in the playoffs every single year. You know, in the regular season, Rudy Gobert is the best shot blocker. But when it comes down to the playoffs, we've seen the past three or four years now, him just get absolutely exposed. Yeah, he grabs Um, the Yeah, for sure. So that's (laughs) why I had to give to Giannis this year. For me, uh, I went with Mikael Bridges. Um, A little bit of a dark horse in this race. Um, A hot take, if you will. Yeah, hot take, if you will. Um, I had a a bit of trouble deciding between Mikael Bridges or Draymond. Um, I think both are very deserving of this award, Um, including Giannis, too. Like, I think um, almost everybody here that we're listing is very deserving of the award, but at the same time, it's who just does it better. Um, right now, I think that Mikael Bridges has taken a large step up for our uh, for our, the defense on the Suns. Mm-hmm. Um, if any, if anything, he's been the main contributor to that, um, and why we're doing well on defense. Um, but I, I do see the points for Draymond, and I do think that Draymond could totally get it, and I would be fine with him getting it. Um, I think that he's been doing really well. Mr. Fucking, uh, what is it, quadruple single guy? (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, Homie does well, and he literally covers every sat, but I just think that Mikael Bridges is a little bit leg up over Uh, it. uh, Currently on the season right now, he is averaging seven points, seven rebounds, and seven assists. Triple seven. Yeah, Yeah, triple seven. Yeah, he's lucky sevens right now. Lucky sevens. My only problem with giving it to Draymond right now is the fact that how many games have we played? 55? Something like that. Something like that. Draymond has played 34 of those games. Yes. So I have a problem giving him the award just based on him not being there for a large chunk of the season so far. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what his timetable is, but I don't know when he's coming back. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and that's fair. But again, hopefully he comes back. And I think just overall, him, I think the reason why I want to give it to him and why he's probably the front runner is because he was leading essentially, again, he came back to essentially the 2016 Draymond where he had to lead this defense and bring some of these new guys in like Jordan Poole and um, I can't think of his name, like James Wise and a bunch of these other guys who don't really know the, the, the Warrior system like, you know, Sean Livingston did or Zaza Pachulia back yeah. in the day did. Um, and Andrew Bogut did and my favorite center from back then, Andrew Bogut. So I think he, him like essentially teaching these young guys and like coordinating this defense while Steve, Kerr's, and Steve Kerr and um, Stephen Curry is, or Curry is uh, working on the offense, I think that's probably why he's getting a lot of love from the Defensive Player of the Year, like people who are making odds. Yeah. So that's kind of where I see it. Yeah. That's fair. I wish that they 
picked Defensive Player of the Year as more of a holistic award Agreed. as opposed to just being like, oh, you got the most blocks. Well, yeah, like do, the or you do, got how, the most steals. Yeah, how, what, how, how much on each, each uh, category. Yeah, you know? exactly. like, yeah, I think that they should definitely take a more holistic approach. It should be it. more of an on-court type of... Yeah, like know, just deals. everything yeah. like presence. Because even exactly. if Draymond doesn't fill the stat sheet with steals and blocks, this man is like directing traffic yeah. all game. Like that, 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 that that's, a, that's a great point to bring up too. Like, I mean, just based off of like presence on the court with like intimidation mm-hmm. how how are you with certain players yeah. when all they see guys, you on the court all these yeah. guys got hall of fame you know the, the, there's a, even, there's yeah. even that famous um there's that famous clip from like a couple of years ago when Kawhi was still on the spurs and he came in uh for a substitution and lebron just oh, went, LeBron literally yeah. was like yeah he was like yeah. damn yeah, yeah, but remember, also remember, he's six foot six, and he's able to bully guard, like centers who are seven foot tall. Yeah. So, so it's like you know, yeah. it's it's it should he's, definitely be a little bit more of a holistic position. 100%. Yeah, I definitely. And I can definitely, that. and I can definitely see why Mikel Bridges is in the dark horse race because that seven foot wingspan is scary. Yeah, it's just he, as scary. Gets, like those passing lanes are shut down, down every mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. he's in there. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. I, again, the games I have watched earlier in the season with Mikel Bridges is like, how do you? How do you pass around with this man, like potentially locking down one of your best players? Right. And on not only pass, I saw a clip. Um, <clears throat> I was like, while I was doing some research for this segment, um, I was looking at some clips that were on the Suns' Twitter. And this man, like, there was just one specific clip that I think sums up his defense perfectly. They were running regular pick and roll. And he reached around the screen, poked the ball out of the ball handler's. Hands and mm-hmm. then went in for a dunk. Yeah, at the, yep. on the other end, it's like things like that you don't see a lot of players do anymore, mm-hmm. especially uh, a defensive-minded smaller guy. You know, yeah. you see a lot of these centers that are really defensive-minded, but when you get like more of a forward, uh, a smaller forward like him, I think he's what like six seven. Yeah, something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's like an av- he's like an average size forward. Yeah. Um. You know, when you see a guy like this just have like an incredible wingspan and great hands on defense, it's really pretty incredible to watch. I think the last thing that I want to say about this is that, um, you know, in terms of like how people look at blocks, it is an art form. So is steals. Steals is one hundred percent an art form. Absolutely. I watched a video the other day that was uh, talking about Marcus Smart and like how he uh. Um, how he go like goes to steal balls from, uh, from other their from his opposing player, mm-hmm. and he says he doesn't do it when they bounce the ball. He does it when they're literally about to drop because then they can't right, go yeah. for the ball again. They'll um, they'll just stumble. So yeah. like it's it's like thinking about that every single play about like a steal like that is that takes yeah. some next level no, skill. No, seriously, man. they think yeah. like I swear to God, their minds going like million miles an hour mm-hmm. just thinking about that kind of stuff. It's crazy. Defense requires debatably a lot more skill of like preparation and I guess training of like the eye and like I guess mental like muscle memory to be able well, to perform you this gotta stuff. have because a defense <clears throat> you gotta be reactive. Yeah. You know, you can't be re- I mean you like you can be kind of proactive on defense, but a good offensive player will uh, will force you to be reactive to what they do. So mm-hmm. when you can actually keep up with that, yeah. it's incredible. And, and and I will talk from personal experience. I used to be a terrible offensive player in high school, <laughs> but I used to be able to lock down any guard that came in front of me. Even our number one point guard in high school locked him down. Mm-hmm. I have a few tips I keep in the back of my head for that purpose to keep you know, my yeah. defense really well. We'll, but, throw, we'll throw up Makoto's highlights. <laughs> no, I don't got any highlights like that. But, yeah, because just because my offense was so crappy, that's why I didn't make the team. Like, I was able to lock him down. Like, even the coach was surprised, but I didn't have any offense to back it up. I was basically Marcus Smart with no 
no game essentially <laughs> marcus smart with no game so uh yeah let's let's uh, side tangent let's move on to mip um this is actually a very i think all of us have very interesting picks for we mip all, we all took this in a, a very different way because like mip can be very subjective on how you want yeah how you want to like yeah judge it so um, yeah so i went i went with miles bridges Miles Bridges. I have Darius Garland, so... So, I picked John Morant, which I know a lot of people are going to say that he should be in the MVP conversation, which I agree. He should be. Yes. But I think the way that I looked at this award is I look at the margin of improvement. Because you're talking about the most improved player, but not only is it by the player, in my opinion, I think you also have to look at the organization, or the team in general, right, and how the team has improved. And the impact that that improvement from the player has had on the improvement of the squad. Mm -hmm. And I think John Moran embodies that because Memphis right now is holding down the fourth seed in the West. And a lot of that comes from his six, seven assists a night and 26 points a game. Yeah, I I th- the one thing that I will say uh, with that is that mm-hmm. I think, honestly, all three of our, the players and teams are actually you know embodying what you just said because yep. Charlotte's doing good mm-hmm. uh, Cleveland's doing good Cleveland's Memphis doing is doing good so I mean, the, we, the yeah. reason why I had to give it to Ja over these other two guys because you're right the Hornets are doing great and um, the Cavaliers are arguably the most improved team and organization yes. in the entire um, yes. in the entire league right now for this season but um, I feel like Cleveland's a lot of Cleveland's success comes from Evan Mobley as well, Jared Allen, right? I feel like they have more pieces around him. And not to say that Ja doesn't have anybody around him. You know, he has some solid pieces. Triple Day, Desmond Bain, mm-hmm, Dylan absolutely. Brooks. Um, Dylan so. Brooks is still injured, I think. But, but yeah. uh, when, when, he he was had, at, when he had him, he was pretty solid. Um, that little shit got <laughs> injured. <laughs> I had him on my fantasy team. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's why I've kind of been talking about this for a while. But that's why I feel like I just had to give it to Ja because I feel like Ja is like the shining star on the Grizzlies, mm-hmm. whereas the improvement of the Hornets and the Cavaliers is more holistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas Ja has like led the charge. Yeah, for mm-hmm. improvement. In I think Memphis. that's fair. You want to go? Yeah, I think for me, I looked at Darius Garland basically picking up the slack for Colin Sexton, who got injured mm-hmm. for yeah. and now for the season. 100%. And of course, you can talk about oh, Evan Mobley was there and Jared Allen were there running double. Bigs and James Borrego, family, J- or JB Bickerstaff, somehow not becoming only, like a god tier coach yeah, crazy. in the span but of a year. Before you continue, not only were they running double bigs with uh, Jared Allen and Evan Moby, but they also had Larry Markinen on the yes. lineup, and he's also a seven footer. So they had three seven footers in the lineup, which I thought was interesting because yeah. you wouldn't really think for that to work, but it does, apparently. Are they the yeah. best, uh, best defense in the league right now? Um, um, I think they're second, but let me. Uh, uh, the the Celtics are the second best defense. I don't know what the first is. Oh my god! That, that's I, I just know that. That's why I can say I didn't want I won. Um, what do you? Even <laughs> I don't know how they are. Just look up Cavs, and then you just look up yeah. But anyway, with with Darius Garland, also I think his volume has gone up, and he still create still kept a decent volume or decent I guess efficiency with the increased volume that he's gotten. So that's also why I say MIP. Even though his 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 um, numbers are similar, but his usage and his volume has increased since last year because of Colin Sexton's injury. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's why I wanted to go. If you want to talk about Mikhail Bridges, or Miles Bridges. Yeah, um, so for me, with Miles Bridges, um, I think that the best way for me, at least, to, to look at this is, as not to shit on Reed's pick, but um, I was talking to him about the this before the podcast started. I just, I think that John Morant's too much of an 
too much of a presence as a, as a star in the league for them to give the uh, MIP award to him. Although I see, you know, why he would get it, and, and he probably should. But, um, yeah, I think that that, like, takes away a little bit from his, uh, from his race. So I think that um, Miles Bridges would be a great person to, to throw in there uh, in his place as MIP because I think that he is – Dominating with Charlotte and Lamelo Ball, uh, absolutely tearing it up. He's uh, been improving his numbers left, right, and center. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I think that he, Im- I, he should, in my opinion, he embodies what an MIP is because he's um, been improving every yeah. season. It's yeah. but it's not necessarily like you know I, as much as like I think that he deserves it. I, he might not be as deserving as John Morant, but I don't know if they're gonna the NBA is actually gonna give it to John Morant if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying because he's de- like John Morant is in like arguably in the MVP conversation. Yeah, you know? So typically, when you see most improved player, you see somebody that is. Just on the cusp of yeah. all star, like going from really good to all star, and yep. I think Miles Bridges is definitely on that cusp right now. And Darius yep. Garland broke that threshold this season. He's a first time all star this season. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I don't, he's not a starter. I don't think. No, but. he's a bench piece with right, yeah, KD's but, team. I think. If I yeah. Right. Uh, but no, I mean Darius Garland's doing absolutely great things. Yeah, and that's um. Speaking, of, uh, let's see. What's the next one? Oh, we got rookie of the year. Um, I think all of us were in a consensus about this, actually. Were you? About uh, Rookie of the Year? Yeah. I thought you had, you had somebody else to do. I, had, I, I wanted to start, want to say, because I'm kind of a homer for this guy, but you guys had Mobley. Yeah. yeah. I had Scotty Barnes just because I am a homer for Scotty Barnes, and like I, I, I can see why everyone... Go, wait, what do you mean homer? Did he go Florida. to Florida? Oh, okay. No, not homer, not for that. No, not for that. No, you went to Florida State. Uh, not oh. for homer, but I've been, like, I've been you talking... Should hate, you should hate him, man. Right? I, well, I'm, I'm a homer in the sense I've been supporting him this whole season and his right, amazing yeah, production yeah, yeah. this year. With you know, of course, when Siakam was out and now Siakam's back, just the amazing performance he's been doing with you know, I guess with the Raptors, who is debatably a, a 500 team this year. Oh, so kind of, never mind. Sorry. So I, yeah, but you guys have Mobley. If you guys want to do a quick comment about Mobley, I think we all are pretty self understanding of why Mobley. Mobley is, is a the rookie, rookie right now and averaging a 15 point double double and leading the Cavs in blocks. Mm. With Jared Allen on that mm. team, mm-hmm. you don't you don't just do that and mm. not get Rookie of the Year. Facts. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean that's just something that I don't even know if we've like ever seen something like this. I feel like yeah. Evan Mobley. We've gotten a lot of good rookies this year, right? Yes. Um, but I feel like Evan Mobley is the most complete product Currently. to come out of the draft. I'm gonna say yeah. this right now. Evan Mobley will be one of the top five centers in the next five years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The one thing we have to be careful for is injury because he is very. Yeah, he I guess, he's, he's not as seven foot. He needs to gain some some weight and some durability before he can uh, mm-hmm. st- keep talk about longevity. But, but yeah, I mean he's um, he's maintained it this season so mm-hmm. far. So I mean, and he's getting beat up too. It's like they they play him at second. Yeah, <laughs> he's been playing in the East with the seriously. dominant bigs of Bam Adebayo, Joel Embiid. He's getting, no, he's getting beat up out there. So, so definitely, I think I mean he's pretty resilient so far. So yeah, I hope he keeps it up. I think we that's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, six man of the year. Um, this is another I guess category that's very subjective. It's a weird one, and it's a weird one. This to, is a to, strange one. And I, you do want to describe it real quick? So we'll this is it. my understanding of the criteria from what I gathered on the Williams. yeah, like literally. <laughs> Lou Williams. Give it to Lou Will again. <laughs> um, so as far as I'm understanding, six man of the year to be eligible for six man of the year, you need to come off the bench for more games throughout the season than you start. Yep. So it doesn't matter how many minutes you play. You could theoretically start 51 games 
and or um, there's 82 games. You 82 could theoretically games. start 40 games and come off the bench for 42 games and still technically be eligible. Yeah. So this one is a little bit difficult. Um, and it's funny because you can also average 30 plus minutes as a six man as on a the six bench. Man, yeah, which most six men of the year at do least, that. At least upwards of 20. Up, yeah, yeah. Like 20 you, don't, yeah. you don't get some guy who like comes off the bench, plays like 15, 15 minutes, minutes, and then drops like 30 points a game. Yeah, that, that just doesn't, doesn't happen. happen. Yeah, it's very rare, at least. Yeah, which, yeah. I mean, if it does, please, I would love to watch that because that would be insane. Remember that, uh, real quick, you remember that uh, um, that like math teacher that was in the G League for like ages and came to the Lakers and dropped like 18 and like four minutes. What? Huh? Yeah, I forget. What? I forget it was, it was name, a math teacher. Was. Yeah, he, he was like he was like a teacher for most of the uh, uh, for most of his uh, career. Anyway, while you while you um, let's let's give our let's give our six of the year pitch while you're looking that up because yeah. we both conveniently have Tyler Hero. Yeah, which, I, yeah, Tyler Hero for sure. Self-explanatory because this man averages thirty, I guess, thirty minutes on the bench, mm-hmm. and, and I mean he's got. About twenty two. I have twenty some odd points. He's like he's like got twenty two, twenty four points. A he's game. essentially Andre Ingram. Andre Andre Ingram. Ingram, yeah. And really? So he was a teacher. This he guy. Was he was a math teacher. Yeah, this guy. I didn't know that. Like, what the hell? Yeah, he what? was like yeah, he was like a teacher for most of his life or something, and then like oh. he then he got uh, then he got called up for like one game, dropped like eighteen because he shot like four. Threes or whatever. Oh my god, Dude, that's crazy. Yo, math teachers behind them threes though. They got that. That got, got that cal- the parabola. Yeah. They, they got, got the, the parabola. The parabola calculated to be able to make every shot. Yeah, um, so right now, Tyler Hero, I'm gonna cut you off because you're not interesting. Um. <laughs> okay, all right, time for me to leave. All right, podcast over. <laughs> anyway. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just playing. <laughs> but um. You make it too easy sometimes. But anyways. I didn't um, say anything. Yeah, well, that's like, it's like, I don't know. All right, anyway. We were talking about this. No, hold on. We're going, no basketball talk for a hot side. We were talking about this like a few months ago, remember? How like, we'll make fun of you sometimes. And like, we'll like poke fun at you. And you like, don't give it back. And that's what like, annoys us the most. We get frustrated that you don't want to throw shit back at us. Like, we're like, just like, yeah, like, give it to us back. I just, I don't care. I don't care. Be to us, I guess that's not my personality. a friend now? Days if they don't call you a jackass. <laughs> um, uh, before before you make any comments, he is averaging thirty-two points. So we were right about the thirty-plus no, minutes. Averaging twenty points, thirty-two minutes. Thirty-two minutes. That's why oh, yeah, thirty-two okay, minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, this season. Who are you talking about? Tyler, uh, Hero. Tyler Hero. So this is both of our picks. Um, yeah. So he's only started ten games, right? Uh, but he's averaging thirty-two minutes off the bench. So mm-hmm. that's basically like. He's might as well be a starter, right? Yep. But he just conveniently doesn't play. The first minute of the game, um, so he's got 20 points right now, mm-hmm. and he's shooting 42 percent from the field, which isn't great. But he's shooting 37 from three, which mm-hmm. is pretty solid. Um, and he gives Miami. The reason why I want to give it to him is because he gives Miami a really nice like scoring punch, right? He doesn't do a whole lot else. He's not a great passer. He's a decent passer. He's not a great passer, uh, and he's like a decent rebounder he just like kind of happens to be and not known for his defense at all for something i preach for his defense at all but um i mean he pretty much embodies what i think a six man is which is someone who doesn't do a whole lot that well except score kind of like lou will lou will pretty much only scored he was a decent player jamal crawford jordan clarkson montrez harrell as well when montrez harrell was a better defender though but point is is that these six men you don't want to start them because they have some flaws to their game yep. that 
if you started them, I guess <laughs> they would get come exposed. out more. Yeah. I guess. Oh. Even though they're still playing 32 minutes a game. Yes. But whatever. Speaking of flaws, you want to talk about your sixth man of the year? All right. right, right. I mean, what? my my see his. I mean, mine's Kevin Love. Oh, oh I think but, I, oh, I'm trying to get at his flaws old, dude, being yeah. old. Well, but, yeah, he's old as shit. But that's like, what I'm saying. His flaws. I, I think I think I think Tyler Hero is kind of a tool. I'm not gonna lie. But, uh, <laughs> well, he's a legitimate tool. He can score. That's his only his, his tool in the toolbox. Um, How to deal? But uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. This is the most unorganized podcast I know. I've ever done. Well, I'll oh. be honest, we, this is very, our notes are very, very solid, but then we just go on rants for um, them. I made a template. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, <laughs> I think Kevin Love's got it. I mean, yeah, he's old as crap, like literally stone, but like, uh, <laughs> but dude, he looks like he's playing like he was on the t- Minnesota Timberwolves when he was young, yeah, bro. Like that's... he's dominating right now. Yeah, like, no, he's playing pretty it, Yeah. It helps that he just have, to have so much load because he has. Yeah, and he's got to people to help off. out on his team, too. Like, I mean, he's just, like, overall, he's just doing really well for himself and for the Cavs. I mean, he, I, I, like, I, he's a perfect six I like in my opinion. what Kevin Love is doing. because So he's only started two games at the season, yeah. right? And this dude, throughout a solid stretch of his career, was a – he was never a consistent all-star. He got, like, two selections, then a selection, then two more. But, like – you kind of feel like sometimes when a guy like Kevin Love comes on your team and then they don't start him, he's going to be a little bit like, what do you mean I'm not starting? Yeah. Type two. <laughs> and I think that kind of what it was like at the beginning of the season, if I remember correctly. But yep. right now, I mean, he's definitely molded into his role as six man. And, yep. I mean, clearly it's working out for I think him. he likes it yes. a little yeah, bit, too. Seriously. Like, yeah. he's like... Probably, because, yeah. I mean, he's playing... How old is actually, he? How old is he? How old is he? I don't know how... He's 33 right now, which okay. is old as... It's pretty damn old. It's pretty damn old. He's probably problem. like, I don't want to play this much minutes. No, definitely not. He's two minutes a game. Yeah. So he's averaging yeah. 10 less minutes a game than both of our picks. Yeah. Yep. In Tyler Hero, and also I would imagine the rest of the people who are also in the list. Um, yep. So something to be said about Kevin Love this season for sure. James Wright. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so. also... He's shooting 39% from three on six attempts a game, which I didn't even realize, but that is insane. Mm-hmm. That is yeah. really, really solid. And uh, for the next one, let's just like quickly go over them. We don't need to go super in-depth because I really want to go into our gag awards. I also like the gag awards. Yes. So, Coach of the Year, I had Billy Donovan. Monty goddamn Williams. I also had Monty Williams. I oh. hate it when I stroke James's ego, but this uh, yeah. I, I had to I had to pick <laughs> I had to pick Monty Williams for this one yeah. just because the Suns are on a tear right now, and um, I think that they are definitely a very high probability to be in the finals. So, yeah. I, and I think Monty Williams coaching is a big part of that. I mean, and, like if you just look at the last two seasons, I mean, uh, once he once he got into the position, they exponentially started to get better. And that yep. and that yes, that does have to do with getting Chris Paul, obviously. Yeah, but yes, like, you know, like having a good coaching staff, like that changes a lot in the game. Absolutely, you know? especially a co- a coach that'll put a lot of like faith. Yeah, in support. the players, yeah. you know, because like he is like you always hear. Um, at least throughout the finals last year, mm-hmm. they would always highlight Monty Williams specifically. You didn't hear shit from Mike Budenholzer. No, right? no. you know you didn't hear. You didn't I think hear we. I think we're on a grand that Budenholzer. It reminds me of like a Jason Kidd, yeah. essentially gone down the deep end. And uh, a little so, bit. I mean, a little he's bit. a little bit washed. Still a good coach, but yeah. the point I was trying to make is that Monty Williams is like always, you know, 
uh, he always has like some. He's like very philosophical. Yeah, yeah. How like inspirational he is, and I think that it, it really helps works. a lot too mm-hmm. with the fact that Monty Williams has been Chris Paul's coach essentially for most of his career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they yeah. like grew up yeah. essentially they together. Got, he coached him when they were on the New Orleans Hornets. They have like they have like <laughs> a um, they they put out like a story like not that long ago that was like oh like Chris Paul was going through like. Or Monty was going through his. Something. I think it yeah. was. Um, I don't want to like air any dirty laundry. I don't know dirty laundry, but I'm pretty sure the story was that Monty Williams' wife passed, passed away, away, and mm. Chris Paul was like, you all know, there that. for him yeah. for sure. I think he uh, paid the for the time. funeral. I don't know about all that, but oh. I mean I'm, that doesn't surprise me. Chris yeah. Paul may be a dick sometimes, but he's yeah. a pretty he's a pretty <laughs> no, good guy. Dude. But yes, um, yeah. So they they definitely have a connection there, uh, and I think yeah. it definitely shows up in the box score and in the record. And uh, my only, uh, I guess I'll go over my thing quickly because I'm I'm in the minority. But uh, Billy Donovan, I'm looking at the Bulls compared from last year to this year, and it does it does. I think I think the three coaches that we wanted to highlight. I was actually arguing between JB Bickerstaff with with the Cleveland Cavaliers Mm -hmm. and Billy Donovan. But I think what the thing I see is that his overall I think overall game plan from last year to this year. Obviously, the Bulls are one of the best teams in the in the in the East, but also. Seeing his player improvement, like seeing Zach Levine improve really like from last year to this year, mm-hmm. and also incorporating guys like DeMar DeRozan and Vucevic, who are debatably have a lot of flaws in their game in their game and able to put them in a system that they can shine in. Yeah. I think DeMar it's the one DeRozan thing. is looking like a perfect he's, player. He's this a season. dark horse MVP this year, and that's partly due to Do- Billy Donovan's game plan 100%. that he implemented. So that's like where I my argument goes into. Uh, when it comes to, to coach of the year, but that's that's it. Let's go into the gag the gag awards because yeah, yeah, I yeah. think they're so the gag fun. awards are fun. Um, this is something I was like writing up these notes and I was like I think it would be fun to just do like um, some. I, I was looking at um, I think it was most improved player and I wanted to give it to um, Dejounte Murray, but I was like I can't because the Spurs suck. Like, really bad. And I was like, I can't realistically give this guy most improved player because of how bad his team is. Um, So then I was like, well, that should be, like, a thing in and of itself. Like, being really good, but on a really crappy team. So then the least most valuable player award was born um, in my brain. Um, And I gave it to DeJounte Murray. Yeah, specifically for those reasons. And you know who would have won like ten of these awards back in the day, right? Yeah. Russell Westbrook. Anyway, yeah. uh, mine is uh, Demonte Sabonis, and uh, uh, mine is uh, Dame. Dame. I, I think Lillard is definitely in that conversation for me, at least. Before you go into yours, yeah. Um, <laughs> Portland blows ass, <laughs> and they blew up their team. Yeah. <laughs> And they're trying to build around Dame. Again. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Build around Dame. What is this? The process. They've already done this once. They're, it's going to fail again. Mm-hmm. Also, they don't have... They anyway. Don't, have time, uh, don't worry about it. They don't have time to build around Dame. Dame is 32? 32? 30. 32. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if they don't... We were talking about this during the trade deadline. We said that Dame probably has three more years of what he's doing now to keep it up. And past that point... 
his stats are going to start going down. His body's going to take a toll. Yeah. Uh, athleticism's going to go down. Everything is kind of just going to start yeah. to drain for him. I think. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And I think mine. I I I I really wanted to pick Sabonis, but I forgot he, he like well, I was saying like oh he traded teams, but like he still went to a crappy team. So either way. Yeah. This award, like oh, the criteria of this award, crap your team, and and that's uh, like why I was able to still put him in in this award because like he was really dominant on the Pacers and now he's helping the Kings win games now, so it says something that he's able to do something for a debatably the worst franchise in the whole league. Will the so. Kings make the playoffs? No, probably not. It's a funny thing to argue with Sabonis no. now. Uh, I think if they but kept, no. I think if they kept healed and had Sabonis, then yeah, probably yeah. It would have been possible for yeah. sure. That would have been but a good that, dynamic. I mean, that that but would no. be hard for them to do because of like all the salary cap. Yeah, that's just, yeah. yeah. But um, no, I mean, now you look at the Kings and wow, bad. Yeah, we we talked about it. we all gave our opinions. Oh, do you want to give your opinions on that Pacers trade, the Pacers Kings? So we gave our opinions in the last last week, but did you? Did you have like a quick like minute um, on that? Yeah, sure. Or a quick couple second, couple Take sentences. That real quick. Um, yeah, I mean, like uh, that that trade was interesting. Um, interesting is a word. Yeah, like I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm very indifferent with it. I'm not upset, like honestly, because like if, if if I'm looking in the perspective of both fan bases, I really wouldn't be that upset. Um, even if I'm on the Pacers, I mean, you got you got some valuable assets back, and you were able to keep Karis Levert. I think the Pacers yeah. walked out of it better. Karis Levert got traded to the or, uh, not not Karis Levert. Who did they keep? Brogdon. They Brogdon. Did keep yeah. Brogdon somehow. Yeah, they kept somehow. Brogdon. Um, and even though he can be an injury-prone jackass, he uh, is a pretty really dominant good. player. Yes. Um, so I mean, I think that him and Heels are going to work well together. You know, I think that they, I think they have some something that they can cook with that. They're going to need more, obviously, but mm-hmm. they have something. Um, in terms of the Kings, I think that they're doing okay, but like, you know, yeah, I'm not jumping up and down over what they have, but Sabonis is going to do fine, and Rick, uh, Rashawn Holmes is a solid uh, center as well, so I mean, I think they should work well together, mm-hmm. but we'll see how it goes. Yeah. And uh, you want to transition to the next segment? Yeah, so with, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about it. Yeah, we're going to go into the worst team of the year. Um, worst organization? Or yeah, well, we, we'll we say organization. Because we yes. decided that it's going to be like everything. Coaching, front office, team-wise. Right. And since you're already talking about this team, you want to talk about it? Yeah, so, uh, for, <laughs> you know, for them two, they have the Kings. Um, no, no, you, you have the Kings. I, no, oh, wait, I don't oh, have the Kings. No, never mind. the one um, person yeah. out of no, the I three have the Knicks. No, I have the Knicks. Have the never Knicks. mind. Sorry, I was still, still trying to transition. I was actually trying to okay, transition. So, we're talking I about actually, Kings. I had we're a whole, I had a whole transition ready in the middle of this conversation, oh, okay. and then it just got blown out. But, who cares? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I had, well, spoiler alert, I had the Kings for my worst organization of the year. Um, and a lot of that comes specifically from this trade that they just did. Um, they just traded Tyrese Halliburton, arguably one of the best young talents in the league, um, and then got... Not a whole lot back for it. Um, they got Sabonis, who's great. Sure. Who's a win now player. But are they going to be able to win now with the paint clogged so bad because oh. De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis? I don't know how that's really going to work out for them. Uh, I mean, they've been I – th- I don't know what their record is since the trade. I think they've won a few games, but I don't see that working out for them. Um, and then also front office-wise, you don't have to be – a detective to figure out that 
the Kings probably have the worst front office in the entire league. That I can bet. Um, yeah, and it's been consistent like that for like ever. Yeah. Um, they consistently draft poorly, yeah. um, and when they did draft well, i.e. Halliburton, they drafted Halliburton, if I'm not mistaken, um, and then they trade him away, <laughs> where you totally could have built a team around him. So I just feel like the and Kings. He was pissed, too. Oh yeah, no, of course he was. I mean, he wanted to be in Sacramento which and is like, surprising. which yeah, I mean seriously, <laughs> yeah. like you got it. That's like some. Uh, like Ma- Mother Teresa type yeah. dedication. It's like, it's like Dame with, the, with yeah. Dame the Trailblazers. It's the same situation. Yeah, except like. His ass got traded. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> facts. Like, and it's like, damn, you know. So, I don't know. I, I just can't see uh, the Kings really coming out of this season in a better spot than when they came in. And they've consistently been getting worse every single year, I feel like. Um, so, yeah, I got the Kings as my worst franchise organization of the year and I think they're only going downhill. Yeah. Um Yeah, uh, some people. Yeah, some people. Sorry, uh, Mike. Mike got muted. Um, but yeah, some people might. I I went with the Rockets. Some people might get um, be surprised by that. But I actually think that the Rockets, as a team, like on like on court team, they are just one of the most unorganized, unprofessional. Like no way of actually having a game plan, really, it's of a like team. Watching like a like a high school team. Yeah. In terms of, in terms of like game plan. And they're acting like it's a high school team too, because like I mean, you cannot have KPJ and Jalen Green shooting up thirty shots a game, and no one else gets touches, and they can't even score efficiently. I mean, it's just poor. On top of that, coaching. I mean, clearly, if there's no f- game plan on court, there's not going to be one behind the scenes. Um, and, you know, their front office is definitely up there with one of the worst this seasons. But um, I definitely think that Reed made a very good point in saying that the Kings franchise um, or organization outside of the team, even still with the team, has been probably one of the worst that we've seen in many, many years. I have more faith in Steven Silas as coach of the Rockets than I have of whoever the hell's coaching the Kings now. I don't even know who's coaching the Kings. Oh, yeah, Luke Walton got fired. Um, yeah, Luke so. Walton got fired this season. Yep, this I'm season. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yep. Um, so if Luke Walton was still their coach, I swear to God, that would have been, like, instant kill worst, kill shot. Worst, yeah, like, seriously, if they had I think, Luke Walton. I think personally uh, a good coach that they should try and go for um, is, is this uh, the Kings or the uh, – The Kings. Yep. Uh, Van Gundy. Yeah. Go for Stan, man. Dude, Van yep. Gundy. The okay. So as much as so Jeff Van Gundy, more of the commentator now. Cool. Uh, yeah, he <laughs> is probably one of the most annoying personalities ever. Not a terrible coach though, but his brother Stan Van Gundy is one of the best coaches to Honestly. ever do it. Yeah, straight like, up. Absolutely, yep. for sure. And um, I think if the Pistons had made him GM, which they should have back when they had him as a coach. Um, yes. The Pistons would be a top dog right now, and they're not. And now Stan is getting a pretty paycheck from probably ESPN. I don't know who he's coming yeah. with right now. Yeah. Uh, I'll say uh, my worst team is the New York Knicks. And 
I'm going to point to this because I'm going to put a video of Stephen A. Smith's rant of the Knicks, and that's my whole argument because it was kind of funny, and I absolutely loved it. The Knicks are terrible. They have been terrible. Nothing's ever going to change, apparently. So yeah. mm-hmm. that's essentially it. Yeah. Uh, I think I've, the best cap-off for that was, so as a Brooklyn fan, the game on Wednesday was something of beauty. It was fantastic. Okay, Knicks went into the half with a 28-point lead. I was in class and, like, watching, mm-hmm. like, bits and pieces of this. Um, I, I literally had class, uh, and I, I kept going back and forth through the game. And then I get a tweet from Brooklyn. The You know, I have their notifications on. And they tweeted, Cam Thomas in all caps. And I was like, I was like we're down 28 points. Like, why are, <laughs> like, why are we acting like something's going on? Um <laughs> And then the game is tied within a half. And mm. then we end up beating the Knicks by six. Um, <laughs> and it, I mean, watching that team fall apart is hilarious. Watching Tom Thibodeau desperately grasp at straws for what he has right now. Okay, he's starting Alec Burks, which I don't understand, really. Um, well, who else are you going to start? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. Shit, like if you got... I mean, Cam Reddish may not be the best player, but I mean... You traded for him. You might as well give him a shot. I don't right know. Now. I think that they're doing well with Kemba. Yeah. <laughs> so, also, point take. Yeah, point. This whole this whole Knicks segment is just a roast of the Knicks, essentially. Yeah, it shows I mean, how bad they are. There's no positive. There's literally nothing good about the Knicks. And funny yep. thing about that is that Julius Randle got Most Improved Player last year. Yeah. And Tom Thibodeau for the Knicks got coach of the year. I just want to I want to say two words and this basically sums up the Knicks uh crapping the pants uh for the last couple seasons. Kevin Knox. <laughs> <laughs> Still hot. wait. Literally one of the worst picks that they've ever had in yep. in, in recent history and in I would say overall he was one of the biggest busts ever. Yep. Next to to uh Anthony Bennett. Yeah. Uh Agreed. Yeah, I, don't think, I don't think anybody beats Anthony Bennett. No. Nope. So yeah, I mean that's. It. I'm surprised how long this episode went. To be honest, Same. I really thought this would be like a 10 minute episode just to give give our picks out. Yeah, but we yeah. really had a lot of stuff to talk about. I mean, this was. A we we make we make content out of a very small segment. I'm thinner, very surprised. Thinner. We were worried about not having enough content, and now we. You have, have a lot of a lot of personal. Episode. You have a lot of personal stuff about us now True. in this episode. True. So. I mean, this is probably our last biggest episode. We're probably gonna keep it keep it short until then. Uh, the twenty two game stint starts up again. Yeah. Uh, and then, this of course, playoffs. Was, yeah, of course. This one was like a lot more uh, freeform. So I'm sure <laughs> once we have this is gonna be a blast to edit when I have to figure out what needs to be put in and what not to be put in. Yeah, so good luck with that. Um, uh, at least when it comes to the ten minute segments. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah. No, when playoffs <laughs> come, we'll definitely have some stuff for that. It's exactly. Yeah, we'll have a blast. But yeah, that is it. We will see y'all next week, probably with another episode, a shorter episode, and then we'll get back on the normal schedule once the game starts. So yeah. Absolutely. Follow us on. You almost forgot. Oh, thank you. You almost forgot. You want to do it because you did really great, great last week. Apparently, I did. <laughs> Um, so, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, that's where we're at. Go follow us there. YouTube, we put out smaller videos on YouTube. Go check yep. us out there. Also, I made a website for us, and I would really appreciate it if everybody wanted to go check it out. Uh, sportsbitspod.wordpress.com. Go check it out. We got pictures of our adorable faces, a little story about where Sportsbits Podcast came from. Um, and it's also got links to our socials, so go check it out. You can find everything that you want about the Sports Bits podcast at sportsbitspod.wordpress.com. Oh, and leave us a five-star review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts because that really does help. Absolutely. Just Go Suns!
There you go. Okay. <laughs> and we're done. And we're done. We'll see you all next week. Peace.